DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Darnell Dixon joining us from the Daily Herald now to talk about BYU and Hawaii in the Hawaii Bowl tonight. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line where you can get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease now through December 26. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Darnell, good morning. Good morning. You guys are really uh, putting in the extra hours here on Christmas Eve, huh? Yeah, and we've been really happy about it, too. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I don't know. No reason to sugarcoat it. All right, so BYU's got this game tonight with Hawaii. How much do you feel like, even though they've played a dozen games, Eight and five feels way different than seven and six, and obviously they were seven and six last year. So this game becomes really important, despite the fact they played a dozen games leading up to this, and the season is largely defined. Yeah, I think you take a look at last year when when BYU won the Idaho Potato Bowl, and, and Zach Wilson was eighteen for eighteen. I think that there's a lot of uh, BYU fans that had some great talking points during the off season about the quarterback spot and and how well BYU played. Even down the stretch, although they lost to Utah, obviously they led in that game. So I, I think that it's important for the, the the program in terms of how they're perceived by their fan base to get a win tonight. I don't know how much the players really take momentum necessarily from one season to the next um, because once you start in January, it's a whole new team. They're guys in different leadership positions, taking different roles and, and, and on the team. So I think it's more for the fans. But, yeah, I think the perception is, you know, if you go um, if you go nine and nine and four, nine and five, we're not going to be nine and five, right? So uh, if they get if they go eight and five, right? If they go eight and five, nine and five, whatever it happens to be, they they give that perception that yeah, things are are, are picking up, things are getting better, um, and they're making progress. And that, that's really what the fan base wants. And and if if they don't win against Hawaii, then I think the perception is it's the same old thing. And then there's there's not those great talking points during the off season that the fans can bring up that they feel optimistic about the program. Yeah, I can agree with all that, Darnell. Uh, my thought for you is how much is individually does Zach Wilson have to prove in this game after the injury and then the San Diego State performance? Yeah, I know he's a competitor and, and he's going to want to really end up uh, on, on a good note with this this season. And it's been tough. I mean, you think about a guy that that missed all of spring and part of the summer just um, healing from his shoulder surgery. And then he gets back and then gets hurt and has to come back from that. And when you look at what this team did against San Diego State, moving the ball but not able to to put the ball in the end zone, have trouble in the red zone, that, that's really a, a quarterback takes that upon himself very seriously. And and I, I think that it's really important for him to play well. I think um, not all the problems against San Diego State were his. Uh, I think the offensive line was brutal, and I, I don't think the receivers really helped him out that much. And the, the play calling, especially in the second half, they really abandoned the run game, and I think that's going to be important against Hawaii for them to be able to run the ball. So there's a lot of other factors, but as the quarterback, he takes on a lot of that responsibility. And I, I feel like he knows uh, that he's got also some guys behind him, and David Romney and, and Jaron Hall, that, that have played well. And that's another one of those off-season talking points. If if Zach plays really well tonight, then the the, the narrative is uh, he's the guy. He's still the guy. If he doesn't play well, then you've got a whole off-season of fans talking about you know how soon do they give Baylor a shot? How soon do they give Jaron a shot? Maybe they give him a shot against uh, against Hawaii if things don't go well. I don't know. So yeah, I think there's a lot on Zach's shoulders to go out and play the way that he's capable of. 
and where we've seen him play that well. It's just um, you know the, the, the last thing that fans see is going to be something they're going to remember during the offseason. Okay, and you always have to factor the opponent into it. San Diego State at the end of the year played three straight games with uh, Fresno State and Hawaii and BYU where neither team scored 20 points. That was just the nature of the San Diego State team. The defense was really good. The offense was not good. And they played low-scoring games. Hawaii, conversely, their offense is good. Their defense is not very good. They played a lot of games where teams scored 30, 40, 50 points. They give up 50 points three times this year. So shouldn't the offense look better tonight? Quality of the opposition and the style that team plays, that matters a lot. Yeah, you should hope so. And, and I really think that, as I mentioned before, the running game is going to be critical here. And, and this, this whole season has been a, an adventure for the, the running backs and, and, and the run game just because of all the injuries they've sustained. And, and they, they seem to have, um, you know, a guy play well and then get hurt, a black guy play well and get hurt. Uh, they, they might have the services of Emmanuel Sipka tonight. Um, we know that, that Lopina Cato will probably get most of the carries. You also got Tyler Algier moved back from defense to offense when they started getting some of those injuries. And Jackson McChesney, who ran for over 200 yards against uh, UMass. So I think that, I think that's really on the offensive line, though, to, to create some holes and establish that red game. And what we, when we talk to Jeff Grimes, he likes to talk about how they want to be balanced in their attack. They want to be able to run and pass. And, and they have been able to do that. Uh, they did do that against San Diego State when they played. But I think it's Hawaii they will be able to. And I really think that offense will be able to move the ball consistently. And, and getting into the end zone is all about execution. And, and in, the, in the red zone, you've got to be able to execute. No, no uh, dumb penalties, no missed assignments. And I think that the chances are they'll be able to do that tonight against Hawaii in, in a lot more frequency. So you're predicting a resounding win? Uh, I'm predicting a high-scoring game. <laughs> I, I'm not as as uh, optimistic about BYU's defense. Although they've played well at times, um, I, I think when you give an experienced quarterback a chance to sit back in the pocket and throw against drop-A coverage, it's possible he could get hot and, and get in good rhythm. Um, you know, there, there's probably a lot of ways that you can get a quarterback off his game, and most people think about it, well, it's got to be pressure. you got to be able to get in there and make him feel uncomfortable and not be able to throw in rhythm. I, I kind of believe that. But BYU's not been that kind of defense most of the year. They've been a, a defense that tries to disrupt the quarterback by dropping guys in the cover. That's why their linebackers have so many interceptions because they drop so many guys, and then, and then the quarterback looks and doesn't see one of those dropping linebackers in the zone, and they get a pick. So uh, I really think that the BYU defense is going to be stressed tonight. Uh, Hawaii has four receivers with more than 800 yards receiving, and, and Cole McDonald's an experienced quarterback. I think they're going to be able to move the ball and what it'll come down to, in my mind, is the ability of BYU to get a few stops in the red zone and to get some turnovers. And, and then it's up to the offense to convert those turnovers into points. And, and I, I feel like, like if BYU can do that, they'll be in pretty good shape. But I also, like I said, I think that Hawaii's going to be able to move the ball and, and put some pressure on that BYU secondary and, and, uh, and, and be able to score some points. So I see a high-scoring game. I do think BYU is a better team overall. And, and has been, uh, you know, stressed and, and tested a lot more this year in some in some other games. So I do see BYU winning, but I do think it will be uh, a higher scoring game. Darnell Dixon joining us, BYU reporter for the Daily Herald. So when you say earlier, you know, you're not as confident. You're confident predicting higher scoring, not as confident about the 
winning because you've seen some up and down. This season's just been full of up and down. There's a couple games, we draw assumptions from those games, then they wreck them with the next couple games, at which point we draw more assumptions, <laughs> at which point they wreck them with the next couple of games. I don't think people are that surprised that they're sitting here at 7-5 and five right now. I think most people had them between 6 and 8 wins, so you know your ballpark, that's pretty good to call something three months in advance. But I don't think anybody expected them to get there the way they did. What, if anything, does that say about the state of the program? Well, I, I think it says a couple of things. I think it says that BYU played a lot of young kids in this, this season, a lot of freshmen and sophomores who, who would make mistakes and, and are uneven in their performance. Um, you know, this team was obviously good enough to beat USC at home and good enough to beat Boise State and Utah State. They also had struggles enough to lose to Toledo and USF on consecutive weeks in games that they really had opportunities to win and should have won. Um, I think that's the one thing that, that stands out to me is the m- amount of young players that they played and, and the up-and-down nature of that is, is, is just typical of what you'll see. The other thing that kind of shows me and tells me is that this coaching staff still has some work to do in, in getting the most out of their players every week, and I think that's the challenge of any good coaching staff is to try to, to get that consistent performance even out of young players. And, and I, you know, the, I, I think that Kalani Sataki is learning things as a head coach that he didn't uh, have an opportunity to learn when he was an assistant. And I, I think he's tried to make those changes, and, and, and I, I think that they're getting there. But I think it's a combination of those two things that's created this sort of uneven performance that, that's kind of got fans pretty frustrated that they, they can pull off great wins but also – uh, follow the teams that they're probably better than. And, and I, I think that one of the keys to doing that is, is being able to uh, play well at home and control your home field and make it a, a fearsome place to play at. And, and that's one thing Kalani hasn't done in his career uh, so far is made the ball Edwards Stadium just a, a place where uh, opponents go to die. They, they just can't get wins there. And I, until that happens, uh, I think that won't turn around the, the program all the way, but I think that's a good step toward it. And, and so I think there's still a lot of work to do on the coaching staff to get this program to the level of consistency that gets them to where they want to go. Is Mark Pope's magic good enough to make the NCAA tournament? Well, you'd have to say yes, based on what we've seen the last month or so and, and with Yoli Childs back in the lineup. He tells us that seniors are magic, and that's a, that's a really, I think, overlooked uh, plus in college basketball because you know you talk about some of the, the teams that are power five teams that are consistently in the hunt for the national championship, their guys are leaving early. They don't have a lot of seniors on their program, but, but BYU does have seven seniors this year, and he likes the fact that they've seen a lot together and that they've been able to overcome some things. And putting Yoli Childs in the lineup, I mean, here's a, here's a guy that, that uh, didn't play the first nine games. He's already averaging 20 and 10, uh, shooting 60% from the field. He's 7 of 10 from, from the three-point line, and, and he's created a lot of problems for defenses. And Just to take this last game, for example, against Weber State, the Wildcats decided they would double and monster Yoli the first three or four times down the floor. So Yoli found guys open for three-pointers that they made. And then so Weber State decides, okay, we're going to single coverage now, and Yoli destroyed them. He, he scored. He's, he's made the first 10 bat shots that he took. And, and so I, I don't know that that will continue against better opponents, but still, that's the kind of thing we're seeing this year where um, whatever, and Yoli told us this, he said, we, have, we feel like no matter what the defense does, they're going to be wrong because we're going to find a way 
to get around it. And they're sharing the ball really well. Uh, culture is an interesting thing because um, they all talk about how they, they have a great buy into the program and they have a great locker room. Well, winning creates a lot of that. Um, they kind of go hand in hand. So when you start winning, using that formula, the players are more willing to try that formula. Um, I like what Mark Pope has done with this team. Um, I think that Dave Rose was, a, was an amazing coach, but I, I feel like it was time for a change. And the players have really proven that, yeah, they needed a different look, a different outlook on things and a different way to approach things. And they've really responded well. So I think they right now that that conference, the West Coast Conference, should be a three-bid league. They really have an opportunity to do that. And that's obviously contingent on BYU taking your business in the West Coast Conference, which, which starts up in a week or two. You know, there's already bracketology out there, and there's uh, computer rankings that say that BYU is currently in a spot, but just bare, they're in the field, but they're lower in the field and not in by much. And you go into the West Coast Conference, and historically, BYU goes on the road, and they'll defend for a half or a game or two, but eventually somebody shoots 50%, scores 80 points, and beats them, and it's a kind of loss that sinks their tournament hopes. This year, they seem to be defending better. Maybe it's a new coach. Maybe it's the new players. Maybe it's just the, you know, fresh air and everything's different. And maybe it's because they got a bunch of seniors who really want to go to the tourney. Do you think they're going to defend well enough to avoid the hideous road losses that have sunk their NCAA hopes in past years? Yeah, all those things you mentioned are contributing to to a, a better defensive effort. I, I, I look at that group and, and there's a couple of guys, like I think Alex Barcelo is a pretty good on-ball defender. Um, I think for wings, Connor Harding's a pretty good defender. Um, you know, Yoli's obviously working on being a better defender. Dalton Nixon is a guy who, who really works hard inside, even though he's a little undersized. But So they don't have a lot of really great individual defenders. But as a team defense, I think they've been playing really well. Uh, and, and you have to together. You have to work together to make that, that a reality. And they have had some slip-ups and, and lost to teams like Pacific or LMU and and, and had issues on the road. For me, I, I really think that um, this is, again, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU that are they're the, the top teams. I really thought Pepperdine might join them this year, but they've kind of struggled in the preseason. Um, I, I think there are five teams in the league that have won 10 games in the preseason, and that's really going to help as BYU gets into the regular season because now you've got teams that are a little higher RPI-wise than when you play them, or net-wise, net net-rating. Uh, when you play them, you're not going to drop as much if you lose or, or even if you win, sometimes you drop because of where they're placed. I, I really feel like what this team needs to do, and, and they haven't won uh, at Moraga in like five years, and they also haven't beaten Gonzaga in Provo in like five years. I think getting a win at home against Gonzaga would be tremendous for this program, and they've had a, some close games at the Marriott Center and just not be able to come through. And you know, talking to Mark Few, he always tells us he loves bringing his team to the marriage center during the regular season because it feels it feels really uh, like a game they, they are, are stressed and, and tested and hostile environment and all that. So um, defensively, th- those things, you hope you can take on the road with you and get a win at Moraga and, and handle your business against the other teams in the conference. But I really feel like they've got to – um, play bet, better defense against Gonzaga at home and get a win there. That would make a really big difference in their their rating and and their perception and and move themselves up a little bit from where I think I saw they were number ten in Joe Lenardi's uh, a ten seed in Joe Lenardi's last bracketology. Yeah. And 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 like you mentioned, that's really not particularly deep into the tournament. You're, you're not uh, you want to get a little higher than that. But 
Um, they have the ability, I think, and, and the way they're playing together, they can forge through this conference season. And, and who knows what happens during the West Coast Conference Tournament. Wouldn't it be nice for BYU to go into Selection Sunday having won the tournament and know they're in? Uh, that hasn't happened for a long time. Um, so we're probably looking at a team that's going to have to get in that large spot, but you never know what will happen in March. Darnell Dixon, BYU, covering BYU for the Daily Herald. And uh, Darnell, we appreciate your time on Christmas Eve. You're the trooper. Thank you very much. Hey, you guys too. Merry Christmas to you. All right. Merry Christmas, Darnell. Darnell Dixon from the Daily Herald.